Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real cause it's all in the game. Who else you know around the city doing it better than this? Just say look at this. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. Who your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, Clippers, Tigers, the Chickens. USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man. Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Come on, come on. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. It's me, your main man, the Fantasy Football Fiend himself, Zay. As always, I got my main man, Vander, on with me. I let the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? Yo, we got a lot to go over today. We got your news. We got your Rapid Fire 10. We're going to go over your matchups so that way you are properly prepared for what's about to go down this week in the NFL. Bonjour, Kanichiwa, good day, a hola, como esta, good day, mate, Utenteg. And what's popping to the people right here at home? Special day. A shout out to all the veterans out there. Happy Veterans Day. Thank you for the service that you have given. I'm a vet myself, prior Navy as well as Air Force. So to all my battle buddies and my shipmates out there, uh, happy Veterans Day. And I hope you enjoy your day. Go get all that free food. That's the least we deserve. On for to the sure. Let's go. And now your fantasy news. All right, so let's jump right into the news. It's not a whole lot going on today. Um, kind of giving a few updates on a few situations that we previously discussed. A little bit of an update on a couple of injuries that popped up. But Odell Beckham Jr. is apparently at this point considering all offers. We kind of had a good chunk of the show that kind of gave our opinions on where he may end up right now. It's looking as if there is a race between New Orleans, Kansas City, Green Bay, Seattle, and New England. So essentially what's going on right now is Green Bay was given the keys to the car and they threw the keys back at them, um, which in my opinion is like the nail in the coffin for this GM for the Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers situation, probably for Devontae Adams too, unless they figure this thing out. But they offered the man the veterans minimum. Um, and there's like six of the teams out there that's willing to pay him. So I don't know how they thought that was going to work out. But yeah, Green Bay is probably not in the forefront of those teams at this point. Um, we were talking the other day and you reminded me that He's from New Orleans, so that's why the Saints are kind of creeping in there, although they don't seem to fit any of the things that he said he wanted definitively in a team. I don't know if that's just a hometown discount and you're assuming based on who the coach is, they're going to get it right and they can build around you or what? I'm not sure how, how that's supposed to go. Being a hometown kid, he probably grew up being a Saints fan. True, true. So it's probably just one of those dreams as a kid wearing a Saints uniform. Uh, I don't think he's going there because, hey, this is my best chance of winning or this is the best quarterback available for me or anything like that. I think it's just strictly uh, hometown and being a fan of the team as a kid. The three teams that I think kind of fit based on what he's looking for or based on um, what, what he's currently saying is in the works. I can see Kansas City being a, a, a nice spot. I can also see uh, New England and Seattle just based on the fact that he kind of have the elements that he's claiming that he wants. New England is one game back from winning that division uh, again. Don't look now, but New England's making a come up. I, I kind of believe that he would be like a finishing touch, if you will. Kansas City, they literally have everything that he asked for. So other than other than I don't know what their money situation may be, that, that may be the only thing that wouldn't make them the premier destination, in my opinion. But of the teams that we now know are in the running, do you still feel the same way as far as who your favorite is for OBJ? I guess OBJ got to ask itself which is more important um, because all the teams have pros and cons. Right. Uh, of course, New Orleans being at home, that may be good. Wearing the jersey, you, just, you, you cheer for as a kid, that's cool. But 
The quarterback situation is not the best. You got New England, which the respect level that him and Bill Belichick have for each other is there. They have a foundation, a really great organization. But then again, you find yourself kind of back where you were. The last two teams you're on, um, as far as out of the teams available, they probably have one not one of the better quarterbacks. I mean, it's a rookie quarterback. Yeah, you will be the man there. You are the number one target. Yeah. But you're dealing with a young quarterback. You got Green Bay. The quarterback is there. I think the targets would be there. But this team only has the veteran minimum to offer. Right. Uh, they couldn't offer me anything else. Also, you're in cold weather. And being the kind of guy uh, that he is, I don't know if you want to be in Green Bay per se. Well, I mean, got, Cle- Cleveland and Green Bay are pretty close weather-wise, I would think. Yeah, uh, I don't think they're close as far as where I'm going to get something to eat from-wise. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, like, I got you. Yo, living, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, saying. living in the town of, <laughs> you know, yeah. And uh, Kansas City, you have a great quarterback, good organization, but you're the third target. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? So Can his ego take that? Correct. And then the same thing, I think, in Seattle – where I think he probably would go in maybe be in the second or third target there. Great quarterback, throw the best deep ball in the league, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But then again, are you okay with sharing targets with two other guys? So these are kind of the scenarios that he's probably juggling his mind. Which one is more important to you, being the man, getting the money, or getting the ring? Well, if all the frogs have warts, wouldn't you just go to the one that's willing to pay you the most? Yeah. But I mean, that, that's what I that, would do. That's cool. You get the money, but then you're back in the situation that you've been in in Cleveland, in my opinion. Hopefully it clicks. I think Mac Jones and Baker Mayfield, I think Mac Jones may be, we haven't seen a lot from him yet, but I think he's trending to be a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. I definitely um, see that. You, you're back in, you still haven't played with an elite quarterback in your career. I mean, you had Eli Manning, he's a Super Bowl champion, but I wouldn't put him up there with the elites of quarterbacks like an Aaron Rodgers or a Pat Mahomes or a Russell Wilson. So you just, mm-hmm. what what's more important to you? To me, if I was him, I would do a one-year deal and try to win now. So I would go to Kansas City or Green Bay to a team that I know I can probably win this year and then go back to the free agency next year and get me a bag. But and I would the, definitely push the envelope to try to get that championship this year. That kind of makes sense in, in the fact of the salary cap as well should be increasing several wide receivers that could have gotten long-term deals, if we remember, chose to take one-year deals this year because the salary cap dipped. So that may be another reason he's not really quite ready to sign. Or he can end up getting one of those Galladay-type contracts where the team just made it happen and and gave him the money he wanted even in a down year salary cap-wise. But I think this is something that we'll know definitively um, there'll be a decision made within the next 24 to 48 hours because I don't I don't think he wants to put himself in a situation where he's missing weeks trying to figure out what team it's going to be because that just makes it that much less likely for him to accomplish his goal of helping that team get to and win a championship. So, yeah, um, I thought this decision was going to be a lot swifter than it is. Yeah, been. I did, too. I, th- yeah. I mean, you you had to be thinking about where you wanted to go the whole time you was in Cleveland down there. So, right. You know, maybe you don't want to actually go to New England. You don't actually want to go to New Orleans, but you know that you can get those two teams to drum up the market that you want Kansas City to actually pay you. It could be one of those type of situations, too. So we will know soon enough. Alex Collins is still tending to a groin injury. So I'm speaking to Seattle right now. He's limited. But normally when you get in a limited practice on Wednesday, unless there's some type of major setback, you, you normally go on Sunday. So. Keenan Allen didn't practice on Wednesday. He's still still dealing with that knee injury. But again, that's one of those things that as you get a little bit further into the week, you'll know whether or not it's as serious as it sounds. But he didn't practice on Wednesday. So situation to monitor. You have Jonu Smith, who was limited in practice with a shoulder injury. It doesn't sound like he is in any danger of uh, missing any time or anything like that, but just situation to monitor, especially with Hunter Henry being the, I would say, number one tight end right now on that team anyway. Um, that may be someone that you just want to pivot away from altogether if you were having to use him at all. Hunter Renfro is limited by an ankle, um, but again, he practiced, so hopefully nothing major there. Nick Boyle, he's questionable right now for Thursday with his knee injury. You have Baltimore going up against the Dolphins. Uh, that's going to be, <laughs> man. I, I got I got a a good feeling that the Dolphins are going to come out of that game wishing that they had made a move at the deadline uh, for somebody, anybody to keep them afloat. But they may end up with the number one overall pick by the time it's all said and done. 
Yeah, I think they already said, hey, let's take our chances at Deshaun in the offseason. Let's keep our, our draft picks and, and, and run it like that. Honestly, it may be easier to get him in the offseason when Houston knows that you got the number one, number two overall pick. So, I mean, like Miami wasn't supposed to be this bad. The picks that they were offering didn't look quite as good until now. So if, if I can get the number one, number two overall pick, what what else what else you want for, for for a guy that you're just paying to not show up? Maybe once we get a little bit closer and the you know those shiny college pieces start to show up and everybody gets that you know that draft itch, the, those picks tend to be a little bit more valuable in the offseason in real football and fantasy football. Um, when you're um you know in dynasty leagues, things of that nature, the, those draft picks seems to be a little bit more appealing when you're in the offseason versus you know during the year. We have Chase Claypool. Apparently, he avoided a serious toe injury, so he's now considered day-to-day. They were looking at him at a week-to-week type scenario, I want to say as soon as yesterday. Um, So this is a, a good change or a, a, a good situation as far as his toe injury is concerned. Now, he didn't practice on Wednesday. But there's still actually a chance that he may be able to uh, see action on Sunday. Right now, with Claypool being on the men, you have a little bit more activity from Ray Ray McLeod and Deontay Johnson is stepping up and getting a few more receptions there. Same team, Eric Ebron was limited in practice with a hamstring injury. So uh, if you're utilizing Eric Ebron and you hadn't moved on to Pat Fryermuth, who seems to be a thing, you may want to go ahead and make that pivot if he is available. I doubt it at this point. You don't think so? Nah, Fryermuth, I think, um, you know, people have been paying attention. I I think maybe a couple weeks ago, people went ahead and kind of took advantage of that. And even now, I think with uh, Claypool being week to week, he's going to see a lot more targets. I I see definitely Deontay Johnson getting one of those ridiculous 18 target kind of games you know what i mean so but fire move is a thing this guy he, he he you know he had that nickname in college he catch everything this dude really catches everything it seems like if you watch him play like if it's in his vicinity he, i'm telling you man he, he coming down with it like <laughs> it's crazy he, you know he reminds me of old school jimmy graham um what they he say he's miller boxes people he, like, okay i can see yeah yeah, yeah i can mean? see that he's miller's a thing you know from that people. box out game is serious just right. like he was yeah oh man breaking news breaking news uh cam newton is having a meeting with the carolina panthers today what are you serious uh, yeah i'm not saying anything is gonna come of this uh everybody but he will be meeting with the Carolina Panthers today. Okay, Something now to, to explain watch. the purpose of this to me. Uh, PJ Walker. If I'm Carolina, right, and I still have my draft picks, I haven't traded them off to anybody. Why do I want a guy that may actually be able to come in and win when there's nothing to win? You're not going to the playoffs. You're not winning the championship. The only thing you can win is a worse draft position. I don't understand the the logic unless you're bringing in Cam and saying, "Okay, Sam, we've seen enough, and Cam's going to be our quarterback." Unless we can find somebody in the offseason, we're actually going to go back to him altogether because he was still better than Sam Donald. So maybe maybe that's the thought process, and um, you can get him probably about as cheap as what the Jets got Flacco for, if not cheaper. Yeah, but PJ Walker. I'm actually interested to see Walker because I don't think he's gotten his his opportunity. For all we know, we may be looking at a a, a Mike White, Josh Johnson type scenario with uh, PJ Walker. He's definitely put in his time and um he's he's you know come up the ranks, if you will. I mean, hardworking guy who knew what his goal was and he's trying to see it through. So I, I want to give the guy a chance. In worst case scenario, you end up with you know better draft picks. So we got uh Ty Hilton. He got in a limited practice section. So, you know, he's coming back from the concussion issue. You got uh, Corey Davis. He's making progress. He had a, a hip issue that kind of took him out for the last two games. So he's hoping to be ready for this week. Um, it stated that he had a full practice on Wednesday. So it's looking like all things are going unless there's some type of a setback um, some point in time during the week. A.J. Brown was limited at practice on Wednesday with his knee injury. That's not a new injury, and it seems like this is just going to be the way that they help him deal with that issue uh, throughout the year at this point. Nothing really alarming as far as A.J. Brown is concerned, in my opinion. You got Trevor Lawrence, who is limited with the ankle injury. Now, this is the same ankle injury that took him out for a few plays on Sunday, but he was able to get back. So 
I don't foresee unless there was some type of a setback, him not being able to go, seeing as how he was able to get back in the actual game he got hurt in. So just a heads up with that one. Rondell Moore with Arizona is in concussion protocol. Also in concussion protocol are both running backs, both starting running backs for New England, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. Right now, New England is kind of in a holding pattern as far as what running backs they may have available to them. Right now, Brandon Bowden is the only healthy running back in New England. So if you need a pivot due to bye weeks or injury, things of that nature, if the uh, two starters don't come back, Brandon Bowden and Dearness Johnson may be some pivots that you can take. I say Dearness Johnson because Nick Chubb is not going to go this week. He is on the COVID list, along with Felton, who is the third string back. So Dearness Johnson may actually be the only game in town as far as Cleveland is concerned. This week, they do go up against New England. So that'll be an interesting uh, little matchup there. Alvin Kamara is dealing with a mild knee sprain not in any danger of missing again unless there's some type of a setback. I'm just putting that out there. He is dealing with a little bit of a knee issue. Tua Tungvaloa, if you remember from last week, he had a fracture in his middle finger on his throwing hand. He's likely a game-time decision this week. If he's not all that great when he's 100%, I definitely don't want to run him out there when he has a busted up finger. So you got to do what you got to do in that situation. Outside of that, we have a couple of Dallas Cowboys that are on the mend a little bit here. Amari Cooper was able to get in a limited practice. You know, he's still dealing with that hamstring injury, but he was able to practice on Wednesday. And Zeke. He was limited by the knee injury that took him out of the game on last week, but he also got in a limited practice on Wednesday, so it looks like Zeke is on his way back. Lastly, we have James Robinson, who didn't practice on Wednesday due to the heel injury that kept him out of last week's games, but the coach is indicating that he feels that Robinson and Trevor Lawrence both should be able to get back this week for their contest, so uh, it doesn't look as if there's going to be any further game missed there and actually i missed one deandre hopkins didn't practice on wednesday you know he missed the game on last week he's dealing with that hamstring injury and you know it's a it's a possibility um and also kyler murray he's still dealing with his ankle injury is and it's a possibility based on how well arizona played last week and the fact that they won, this may be one of those we have nothing to lose by making sure that our two best players are 100 percent. It might be that type of a situation. So right. I'd be kind of leery of that if I was the uh, especially the Hopkins owner. I think Kyler Murray has a better chance of coming back this week than Hopkins. Both could be back. But if I had to pick and choose which one's likely to sit out another week, it would most definitely be Hopkins. I think that covers just about everything in the news. But as per normal, if we miss something, I'm sure it'll come up mid-show. <laughs> Next up is your Rapid Fire 10. So let's go ahead and hop right into it. And now, Rapid Fire 10. 10 quick questions, 10 quick answers. All right, man. Rapid Fire 10. Let's get right into it. Who do I start this week? Do I go with Jordan Howard or Adrian Peterson? I really like uh, AD this week. Um, and the reason that I'm, I'm going to go with Peterson is because at least I have an idea based on what he looked like in the very first game on the field with the Titans. I have an idea of his usage. I don't know what the Eagles are going to do week over week with their running game. So I would go with the guy that I know is going to get, you know, a decent amount of touches. We got the Ernest Johnson or Cordero Patterson. I'm going to have to go with uh, Patterson just because they use him. In numerous ways, there's several different ways that he can go about getting your fantasy points. So there's no way for him to be out of the game, no matter which direction the game takes, um, whether it's a high scoring and they got to pass a lot or whether it's low scoring and they're trying to grind it out. He's going to get his touches. Um, New England is normally decent against the, you know, run through the tackles type guys. And with him being the only guy, um, you know, may maybe that. Maybe he gets the maybe the volume makes him worth it. I, I would I would start either one in a pinch, but I think if you're if you're going for the gusto, Patterson has the opportunity to kind of put up a little bit more of a a, a fantasy day than what the owners will. I right, we got Hunter Henry or Pat Firemuth. Mm, okay, so I guess I'm gonna have to go with 
Fryer move based on the news that we're hearing about Claypool possibly not going. Um, I can see him getting um, the vast majority of the red zone targets um, because Claypool, Claypool and Fryer move are really the two go-to guys due to their size in the red zone. So I can definitely see that working out well for him this week. All right, we got Corey Davis or Kadarius Tony. I'm going to go with the kid, Tony. Um, he is the most explosive wide receiver that New York has. Um, and he's he seems to be slightly healthier. Um, he, he's had his injuries as well, but um, he was at least able to go last week. So hopefully everything will work out where, you know, he'll be able to get those bomb throws that, you know, he can kind of make your fantasy week in a couple of plays. So he's definitely capable of that. All right, we got uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones or Elijah Moore? Peoples-Jones. Uh, volume. This this game with the Patriots may be, I got a feeling it's going to be of the, of the lower scoring variety, to be honest with you. But the first thing that Bill normally does is take out your best guy. And he's your second best wide receiver out there. So I can see us focusing on Jarvis Landry and by default, Peoples-Jones having a good game due to volume. All right, we got Mike White or Jimmy Garoppolo. Man, Jimmy hasn't been hurt in a while, which means he's due. So <laughs> um, I think I might want to go with Mike White. Until he disappoints in a full showing, I think I'm going to go with the guy that's, uh, you know, kind of showing me he can put up the fantasy numbers. I, I think that Garoppolo is the better quarterback, to, to be clear. But fantasy-wise, I think Mike White is in a position to put up more fantasy points. All right. We got Alex Collins or Michael Carter. Michael Carter has now been given the keys to the kingdom as far as the Jets are concerned in that running game. Tevin Coleman doesn't do much of anything. In the last couple of games that Ty Johnson got into, he either didn't pick up the tough third in inches or he ended up fumbling. So Michael Carter is the running back for the Jets. So give me that guy. Even against Buffalo? Yeah, because garbage time counts too, and he's also a pass catcher. They, they they go to him quite a bit out of the backfield as well. So whether they're behind, in front, or it's a neck and neck game, he'll be involved from stem to stern. So all right, we got Rashad Bateman or Russell Gage. I think I'm gonna go with Bateman. Um, Gage just hasn't he he hasn't impressed me at all this year. He's had more opportunity and looks like he's done less with it. So I'm, I'm, he's not really on my radar. All right, we got J.D. McKissick or Antonio Gibson. That's a doozy. So in PPR, it's more likely for J.D. obviously to get catches out of the backfield than it is for Gibson to score a touchdown. So I think I would take my chances on hmm, – it, it, it don't feel right, though. Man. I'm going to just go with Gibson. I'm going to go with Gibson. All right. And last but not least, we have another tight end one. We have Mike Gisecki or Noah Font. Gisecki has actually been the the go-to guy for Miami. If Brissett is out there, I kind of like him a little bit more than if Tua's out there because he's so just sporadic as far as who he's targeting, whether or not it's a, a good target versus just, you know, in the area of the receiver. So I, I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go with Gasecki. Um, Fant, he's really boomer bust because they have several different options on the Broncos. So um, I'll, I'll go with the guy that is more likely at tight end to get a little bit of volume. All right, cool. And that concludes our rapid fire ten. Rapid fire ten. All right, so let's hop into these matchups. Uh, we have some good games going this week. The first game that we're going to talk about is not one of them. We have Baltimore going up against Miami, and I just don't see how this is going to end up being a good game. Um, I think Baltimore is going to kind of make it a none issue by halftime. Uh, the spread is seven and a half. The over-under in this one is 46 and a half. And the projected score is Baltimore 32, Miami 17. Yeah, I don't think it's much to see here. Definitely fire up your Baltimore offensive players as 
any other weekend. Uh, I actually may like the Baltimore Ravens defense in this game, being that it seemed like Jacoby Brissett will be the starter this week. I believe so. Uh, so I may be uh, fond of them as a streaming defense as well. Now, the Baltimore run defense hasn't been as stout as we've seen in previous years. Do you give Miles Gaston's a go if he's somebody that you got on, on your bench? Do you kind of throw him into that flex spot uh, going up against the seemingly porous defense of Baltimore right now? Or how do you or do you stay away from Miami players altogether in this one? Uh, I think I would probably stay away. I mean, because, I mean, yeah, the Ravens run defense hasn't been has like it's been early in the season. But the Miami Dolphins run run game has been obsolete all this season. So, <laughs> I mean, what are we afraid of here? I mean, what's more likely to happen? Yeah, I got right. you. That makes sense. You got the Falcons going up against the Cowboys. I think this is actually going to end up being a better game than the spread would indicate. Mm-hmm. Um, in this one, you have a spread of nine um, with Dallas being the favorite. You have an over-under of 54 and a half. So Vegas is expecting this to be a high-scoring game. So how do you feel about this one? The predicted score is Dallas 34, Atlanta 17. I could see that. I could see Atlanta getting a lot of garbage time, fantasy mm-hmm. points. Uh, so I don't want to really use the word shootout. I could definitely see some high scoring in this game. And uh, the Falcons doing everything they can to try to keep up. So they will be passing the ball uh, a whole lot. Not a fan of any of the... The targets, though, that Matt Ryan has, I mean, besides Cordell Patterson, um, you have Azekis, who had a pretty good game last week. Right. Uh, you know, the Russell Gages of the world. But these guys, um, I think they have Tajay Sharp, something like that. So I'm they not do. really afraid of these guys. How you feel about Pitts? I think uh, the Dallas Cowboys will probably do what most teams have been doing and put the cornerback on them, especially on third downs. Um, so you may see a lot of digs on Pitts. It's going to be an interesting matchup right? because Diggs likes to cheat. And Pitts is the guy to make him pay for it. If, if you know, so yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, you had the Bills going up against the Jets. That's a divisional game. Uh, normally, those games end up being a little bit closer in scoring, even if the teams aren't as close in talent. But you have a twelve and a half point spread for Buffalo, who are the favorites, and you have a over under of forty seven and a half. Predicted score of Buffalo thirty four, the Jets fifteen. Now this game it, it looks like a lopsided game, uh, but I'm, this is another one of those you on stage you get a chance to to perform and let's yeah, see if you true, really true. got with who you are. You know, with the Mike White situation, uh, playing against one of the better defenses in the NFL. Let's see if you can go out there and repeat. He came out hot. He did uh, last week before he went out with the injury. Uh, the guy has a live arm. I mean, if I even message you during the game like, yo, this yeah. guy arm is pretty live, like. Um, he's going through the reads quickly. He's getting the ball out quick. Um, he definitely made Elijah Moore look a whole lot better. Man, look, Elijah Moore looked like who we thought we thought were going to saw. Be cor- right. right. And they so, have all of their wide receivers available this week, unlike last week as well. So that that may, you know, be a difference maker when you have your Davis out there. Elijah Moore is going to be going up against third-string corners. Crowder has been, you know, doing his thing. So – you got yeah. Michael Carter out there, but they actually have a little bit more talent on offense than you know th- than what we than what we thought. But it's a matter of can the main guy on your offense, the quarterback, pull it all together? And we couldn't really expect for rookie Wilson to put it together as you would a Mike White who's been in the NFL now for what this is what his third or fourth season, something like that. Right. So I mean, he he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's 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 uh putting up numbers when called upon. So that, that's all you can really ask for in your backup. But the same as with um, the same as you always tell me with uh, Fitzpatrick, he's a backup for a reason. And there's a reason he's been on several different teams because normally they start out hot and then they go back to doing what they always do, which is why they aren't a starter. So, but I wish him all the best of luck. Uh, that's definitely a good problem for the jets to have. Um, We have the Buccaneers going up against the football team. This is a nine and a half point spread over under a 51 and a half. And if you aren't noticing, I'm I'm seeing a, a trend here that it looks like this week has the highest uh, spreads that we've seen in comparison in other in previous weeks. It's, uh, almost every game has either been a double digit spread or close to it. So this may be a bloody weekend for a lot of teams. Just something to 
kind of keep in mind there. But the Washington football team is a nine and a half point underdog on this one again. And we're looking at a 51 and a half point over under on this one. So uh, they're looking for Tom Brady to get off in this game. Yeah, the football team coming in one of the worst pass teams, if not the worst in the league. Uh, definitely see Tom Brady uh, doing what Tom Brady does. Uh, Chris Godwin may be out this week. Haven't heard much more about that injury. Uh, if so, I definitely like Mike Evans to get a ton of targets this game. Also look as a sleeper, I also look for a guy like Gio Bernard because uh, Washington football team have trouble with guys out of the backfield receiving True. the ball. Kamara True. killed them. Cordell Patterson killed them. And I could definitely see Gio Bernard getting loose, get him uh, maybe eight or nine targets, especially if, if Godwin is out. And no Antonio Brown, I definitely could see him come out the backfield get him a nice little sneaky eight or nine targets out the backfield this week, this, this week. So so let's talk about that for a second. If Godwin is out and Antonio mm-hmm. Brown is still out, he he was mm-hmm. out of his walking boot, but they but he, he still wasn't practicing. So um and with Godwin, he was having a, a lower leg issue as well. I want to say it was his, his ankle or foot. What type of a game are we talking about if those two are out? Is this a Gronk game, a Mike Evans game? I, I want to say Gronk is is good to go now after the bye week. They kind of held him out another week. But yeah. um, So is this a Gronk game, a Mike Evans game? Does it split between them or does it end up being a, a Tyler Johnson game? Like who, who, who do you think gets to shine in this one if those two don't Again, go? Again, I like Mike Evans as that guy. Probably double-digit touchdowns. Not double-digit touchdowns, I'm sorry. Maybe two touchdowns. Gotcha. Uh, in a game like this. And like I said before, I like Gio Bernard. Because, you know, this would be one of those games deal. He'd probably play a lot of role, you know. Yeah, because they got to manufacture the pass. I got Right, you. right. So That makes sense. I think they'll definitely get him more involved. And, of course, you see the Tyler Johnson and the uh, – what's the other kid? The slot um, guy. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, Scotty – Scott Miller? Scotty Miller. Scott yeah, Miller. Yeah. So you probably see, you know, these guys, you know, getting a little involved also. But as far as really getting some production and getting in the end zone, of course, I like Mike Evans. And I, like I said, Gio Bernard. Love, sure. it, love it, love it, love it. So uh, you have the Jaguars going up against the Colts. Uh, this is a 10 and a half point spread <laughs> and a 47 and a half point over under. Um, and Indy is the favorite. This is going to be a, a toss up for me. I, I honestly think that Jacksonville is progressing. Um, they're going in the direction they need to go in right now. Um, so that that was kind of surprising that they were actually able to kind of right the ship, if you will. Not that the the winds are quite catching up just yet, but um, at this point, in all honesty, they may have more wins than what people thought they were going to get for the season. So if Indy comes out and they aren't able to run the ball on the Jaguars the way the Bills weren't able to run the ball on the on the Jaguars that that may kind of open up a slim chance of Jacksonville being being able to pull this off but if they can keep the Buffalo Bills from scoring a touchdown they can keep Indy from scoring a touchdown I just don't see their defense being that good two weeks in a row but they have it in them based on what happened against the Bills yeah but I don't want to compare the Bills run game to the Colts run game uh you have Jonathan Taylor who's pretty much very true (laughs) this is very (laughs) true you got Jonathan Taylor, who's chasing the rushing record now that the uh, Derrick Henry's out of the way. Uh, so I definitely see him, you know, just capitalizing and, and moving forward with that goal in mind and just doing his thing. So I like the Colts. I mean, just like any other week. I mean, Jacksonville isn't scary to me at all. Do you think that Wentz is going to be able to put up a better showing than what Josh Allen was able to do? I mean, of course, I think Josh Allen's a better quarterback. Right. But I think I think Wentz would have a, probably a better showing than Josh did. Just something about that game was just real nasty oh, last yeah, week. Yeah, it was all. You know what I mean? It was, it was just one of the mud dog games, man. Those, it it just, felt like they came in feeling as if they had already won, and they right. got punched in the mouth and right. got stunned, and the fight was over before it started. So it, right. it was kind of one of those. Um, you got the Lions going up against the Steelers. The, okay, help me out with this. All of these double-digit spreads, and the Steelers going against the Lions, is eight and a half. <laughs> so that's kind of weird to me because you would think that this would be, you know, your 10 and a half, 10, 12, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's only a 42 and a half point over under. I don't know if there's, I don't think Claypool moves the meter that much to whereas the, the spread would change, but that's the only significant injury that I could think of going on right now with Pitt. But, yeah, um, but offensively, the Steelers hasn't been really fluid this year. So that's, that's probably true. the reason for the, the, the eight and a half. Uh, but neither has Detroit, though. So, I mean. Right, right. So, I mean. If, 
I, I think that's what it is. Uh, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, the, his play is the reason for that eight-point gotcha. um, overrun for sure. But Deontay Johnson, man, do not be surprised this guy get over 15 targets. I mean, I can see that. It sounds crazy, but I've seen it many times before. I was about to say, not when it's happened before. <laughs> right. He, he loved Deontay Johnson when Claypool was there. Now that Claypool is out, he's probably going to get upward of 20 targets. Uh, like I say, Pat Firemuth, I like this guy also in this matchup. And Detroit not being very good against the run, I think Najee Harris will play a big role in this game. He definitely get over Najee over, this week. Yeah, over 20-odd, maybe between 25 to 30 uh, touches uh, this game. You have the Browns going up against the Patriots. This is a two-and-a-half-point spread, and New England is actually the favorite. So they're coming to New England, so essentially they're giving New England two-and-a-half points versus the three, which means that Vegas thinks it's a toss-up. It's really a half-point game. If it were in Cleveland, it would be the exact opposite. Cleveland uh, favored it by the two-and-a-half, or actually it would be three-and-a-half if it was in Cleveland. So. Um, a 45 and a half point over under. I still like what I see from New England, especially at home. Their defense is finally coming together. I just, I have zero faith in Baker Mayfield. Even in a, a winning effort in a blowout game last week, I mean, other than one pass to Donovan Peoples Jones, that was, that, that looked pretty good. That, that bomb pass uh, to uh, Peoples Jones, who was wide open, but. Baker just does not impress me, and he's not going to get those types of looks against the New England secondary. So, and, and you don't have Chubb to lean on. Dearness Johnson is a stud in his own right, at least in the just a couple of games that we've seen him in. But New England is going. The funny part about this matchup, I believe, is that the quarterback is actually not the the guy that New England will focus on because that's not the best part of the team. The New England is more likely to win if Baker Mayfield is having to throw the ball all over the field and doing it poorly, which is kind of the way he throws the ball. So I feel that this is going to be a close one, but uh, New England has the opportunity to kind of uh, pull it out. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is if New England's starting running backs, you know, the number one and number two running back are both out in, in concussion protocol right now. So this isn't a, can I gut it out type of a situation? A whole different entity has to say that you're good to go before you can. So that's something else to kind of keep in mind when you're looking at this matchup. Yeah, both teams coming in maybe without their starting running backs. I mean, Cleveland yeah. also is going to be playing with a backup, to the backup. And um, New England's strength is the run defense. So it's going to be interesting. I know Bill Belichick definitely going to put Baker Mayfield in situations that he has to beat him. Yep. And I think this is where it's going to be some turmoil. I could definitely see this game being lower than that that uh, over-under. Me too. Both great defenses. I think it's going to be a, 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 you know, a lot lower scoring game, in my opinion. I could see this being a 17-13 to 13 type of a game. Right. We have the Chargers going up against the Minnesota Vikings. And with this game, it's a 53-point over-under and only a three-point spread. The Chargers are favored by the three, so Vegas sees this has been a, a pretty even game. The only point spread is the three that you normally get for being at home. I think this may be one of the more entertaining games of the week, especially if you like high-scoring games, if you like the, the passing offense, all that kind of good stuff. You're going to see a whole bunch of that in this game. I also love both running backs. They're going to they're going to score points in every facet imaginable. They're going to catch the ball out of the backfield. They're going to put up gaudy numbers as far as uh, rushing is concerned, in my opinion. This is going to be one of those games where you just start them if you got them and, and enjoy the ride. Right, I agree, man. Both running backs should have a good game. I'm looking for Davin Cook to get back to himself this game. Yeah. Going against a porous uh, Chargers defense. Um, still waiting for Mike Williams to come back. He started off yeah, extremely just, hot yeah, and just kind of like fell off the cliff. Um, even his targets has went down. Not sure if there's been some rumblings in that locker room. Think about it. Keenan Allen has been taking the back seat. Yeah. And we've seen it happen uh, in, in L.A. Remember, Cooper yeah. Cup was getting all the love, and then the coach came out and said, hey, we want to get Robert Woods involved, and then he got now a he ton of targets. <laughs> yes. They, they both get double-digit targets now. Right. So I think that's what's going on. I mean, think about it. We see Mike Williams come out the first three games is 12 targets, 10 targets, nine targets. And then the last three games is five, five, five. Like, like something's going on over there. 
in true Mike Williams fashion, he's probably got some type of an injury. That's possible too. Um, but I mean, he had 16 targets against Cleveland. I mean, like he's been taking advantage when he's getting these big targets, he's been taking advantage of them. So for him to go to averaging 10, 11 targets a game to five, and Keenan Allen targets has went up from down, I think it's probably the been some wheel got the grease. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. The squeaky wheel got the grease for sure. That may just be a part of it. If they see themselves as a playoff team, you kind of got to go under the understanding that you want Mike Williams to still be around come playoff time. So, I mean, he he's notorious for hot starts and then either getting injured or, or cooling off. So I hope you fiends out there, um, when you saw him having otherworldly numbers, understood that either he was about to completely blow away all the numbers he's ever had in his career or they were probably going to come back down to earth, which means you should have traded him then. Oh, for sure. Um, so just something else to keep in mind as you go through. Um, Eagles-Broncos. The Eagles-Broncos game has a two-and-a-half-point spread with Denver being the favorite. This is a 45-and-a-half point over under, and Philly is going to be in Denver. Denver tends to play better at home. Philly tends to play better. Um, well, most teams tend to play better at home, but Philly doesn't play that bad on the road. Though It's, it's something about being in Philly that it's, it's just hard on anybody who plans. So. It's kind of funny that way. But the predicted score on this one is Philly 21, Denver 25. Um, how do you see this one playing out? Oh, man, I think Jalen Hurts probably continue to get the garbage love. Um, Denver's really good against the run, and we've seen an emergence of a running game from Philadelphia. This is going to be a clash. Uh, I definitely see Denver taking this game. Still waiting for Javante Williams. I mean, he came off 17 rushes last week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I want to see what the follow-up is going to be to that. Melvin Gordon played well last week as well. But to go from 17 rushes, I mean, I'm trying to figure out what's next. Are you going to let this guy turn the corner? Or are you going to continue to keep him in the in the backfield? Um, so, And also want to see how uh, Teddy Bridgewater comes out. Uh, the Eagles actually has been really good against the pass this year. I think it's going to be a lot of a, a running game as far as Broncos. And I, I probably will fire up those guys. As, I always like Javante Williams as a flex in this game. And nothing more than that until I see more. You got the Carolina Panthers going up against the Arizona Cardinals. This game has a 10 and a half point spread. So piggybacking off of what we said last week, normally if you don't see a spread, there's a significant injury to a significant player. And that player is normally the quarterback. The fact that Arizona has a 10 and a half point spread and there is a spread uh, put on this game already, that bodes well for Kyler Murray and his availability for the week. So. Uh, Vegas is pretty much telling you on a Thursday that Kyler Murray is going to go on Sunday. Um, so just something to keep in mind there. Uh, the total on this one is 44 points, and they have this as being the worst game Carolina has played all year pretty much. Um, the predicted score is Carolina 7, Arizona 35. So mm. let's look at what we got here. Um, Christian McCaffrey isn't back to his old self. The starting quarterback would have probably got the same spread in the same line, but you have a backup quarterback in there. It seems like the only wide receiver that actually gives a shit right now is DJ Moore. I don't know what's going on with the other pass catchers. Like None of them are doing anything. I can actually see this game kind of working out right around where that predicted score is, unless they just say, well, we're going to run Christian McCaffrey and Cuba Hubbard into the ground this game so that way Arizona doesn't have the opportunity to put up that many points. But then when you get behind, you can't just keep running the ball. You got to throw the ball, and you don't have a, a quarterback that is used to that type of a scenario. So I can see this going all kinds of wrong, especially with Arizona's defense being so stout as well. Yeah, I like Arizona defense this week. Uh, probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, defense to play this week. Uh, going against a P.J. Walker, even when he has got the opportunity to play, hasn't really shown very much. And, uh, so I think that 35-7 to dictates if Kyler Murray plays. I think if Kyler Murray plays, it may be closer to 35. And if they have Cole McCoy, I still see them winning this game, but it may be a yeah, little bit I mean, honestly, if I'm the coaching staff, I would probably sit Kyler Murray out another week because – Yeah, this is the game to do a, it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I know any given Sunday, and I know several teams won this past week that there was no way that you would have, you know, thought that that was going to be the outcome. But I just don't see Carolina being able to 
deal even with Colt McCoy. I mean, based on what 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 they did to San Francisco last week. So I mean, I'm, to I'm be just, honest, I will sit those guys in next this week and next week because they have a buy in week twelve. So why not? And you had the best record. I mean, right. So why not let them come back one hundred percent healthy uh, off that ankle, off that hamstring with D Hop, and uh, and come back in week thirteen ready to go? Um, but I definitely probably sit them for the next two weeks if I was the Cardinals. Completely agree. We have the Seahawks going up against the Packers this week. Now, this game is a three and a half point spread, which tells me that Jordan Love will not be playing. So <laughs> Vegas is already telling you that this is going to be Russell Wilson versus Aaron Rodgers. If I was the NFL, I, I would kind of put Rodgers in his place based on, you know, the decision that he made to circumvent the NFL's rules on the COVID protocol. I wouldn't activate him or allow him to be activated until the following Monday, just as a, you know, slap on the wrist, whatever you want to call it. But spread again is at three and a half. The total for this one is at 49 and a half. A decently high scoring game. The predicted score is Green Bay 30, Seattle 15. So again, Green Bay ain't putting up no 30 points without Aaron Rodgers. So Vegas is telling you that based on the information they have, all things are a go for both teams. Yeah, it seems like Aaron Rodgers will be playing this game. It's just unfortunate. It's been a little rumbling in the NFL as far as how lenient they've been with the fine. Yeah. Uh, I, I think mean, it's like 14 guys, grand. Yeah, and you got guys like CeeDee Lamb getting fined for untucked jerseys more than that. And that and that's just ridiculous, man. I mean, you find a guy You're right. more money than, I mean, just for an untucked jersey. And this guy broke a COVID protocol that can affect not only his own team, but opposing teams. And since preseason, yeah, this, so ain't, this ain't a one-time thing. It's been every single – we're going into, what, week 10 right now? Yeah. So <laughs> I don't want to bring up the word privilege, but, I mean, it's, it's yeah. pretty blatant, evident. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's right evident. in front of your face. You know what I mean? So definitely, Rodgers will be playing this game. And I think Devontae would get back to himself against these uh, Seahawks. This is a game for him to get back. Uh, Russ, I believe, is supposed to come back also. Yeah, he's been cleared uh, already. And if he's one of those guys that he would have probably tried to go if he wasn't cleared. So the fact that the doctor says you good, he going to be out there. Yeah. Now, whether or not he may have a setback, that's a different story. I think I like Tyler Lockett to get back to Tyler Lockett. I do, too. This game, uh, I think uh, the kid from uh, Green Bay would probably be chasing around uh, Metcalf. And Tyler Lockett would probably see a little more freedom. And they're going to try to maybe – this may be one of those gun-slinging games. You got Alex Collins. You probably won't run him as much. So they're probably going to be throwing around a good bit. Uh, and I like also like Aaron Jones's game as well to have a pretty good game. We have the Chiefs going up against the Raiders. This game is actually only a two-and-a-half-point spread. That kind of lets you know the increase in the talent level or the playing ability uh, that we've seen from Vegas and the decline that we've seen from Kansas City for this game to be this close. It's a 52-point over-under, and Kansas City is the favorite by two-and-a-half points. I can see this game definitely being a high-scoring game. I can also see this game being the kind of game where Patrick Mahomes and the squad can kind of get back to the norm. However, let me put the predicted score out there. The predicted score is 30 to 20 Las Vegas' way. Do with that what you will. But fantasy-wise, I can see both teams utilizing all of their weapons and it being a, a game that you can kind of put in your back pocket as far as being guaranteed that there's going to be points scored in this one. Yeah, man, I can see Waller going nuts. This game, Kansas City hasn't been able to stop much this year. Now, they may... Take Honey Badger and put on him. Maybe they'll do that, try to slow him down. But that guy Sorensen, my God. I'm not even sure why he's on the field. He's been getting <laughs> his – I mean, he's been getting just straight – he's going through something in his personal life or something, man. Because he, he's he just getting trashed yeah. all season long. Uh, so and maybe kinda, that's the only reason that he's still out there because it's not about the talent and the only way to – kind of play your way out of that funk is to play. So maybe that's what the coach Man, is they at. need to figure something else out because, boy, <laughs> when I tell you he's getting toasted, he's getting done like a rag dog. Um, mm. But uh, this game is going to be a really good game. And also because it's a rivalry game. True. So that's another reason why that spread is so close. That's true. I didn't even think about that part. Yeah. Uh, lastly, we have the Rams going up against the 49ers. 
And in my humble opinion, this is your go get your money game of the week. There is only a four point spread in this one. I don't see how the Rams should beat them by double digit based on how both teams have currently been played. The predicted score is the Rams 25, San Fran 22. The over under is 49. In my humble estimation, I don't see this game being nearly as close as what Vegas is putting it out there as. Oh, it's a rivalry game, man. You know how that goes. You can be hot all year. Spank teams, and then you play against a team that's used to seeing you, and it's just they used tight. to seeing Arizona too, ain't they in the same division? Yeah. So how'd that work out against Colt McCoy? Yeah, but Arizona is so unconventional. I mean, it's a air raid offense. It's something you don't see every week. And the Rams aren't an air raid offense. No, and not they like, got Von Miller going this this week too. Yeah, I mean they're not as air raid as Arizona. Arizona got four and five receivers. And every snap. I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah, the Rams are throwing it around. Don't get me wrong; they are throwing the ball. But when I say air raid, I'm talking about it's a college offense. I got you. I got. He's you. running. You got four and five receivers out here. People don't have four and five good corners on the team. I can tell you that. In fact, <laughs> they might have three if they're lucky. You know what I'm saying? In Arizona, this team is constructed the way he got every weapon. He is ideal for him. Yep. When he came into yep. the league, he got everybody he wanted. Andy Isabella is like his fifth or sixth wide receiver. Right, so. right. This guy don't even get – he doesn't even get playing time. At all. You know, so Zach Ertz was like the last piece. Oh, like man, It's completed. Yeah. Like, I got every weapon the how I want it. And got this a defense. Idea. Right. So, um, it's just one of those things. But this is going to be a really good game. I want to see how he looks. Uh, Von Miller looks with uh, Aaron Donald and see how that thing plays out. But uh, I don't see how it can look bad. You, you go into the team that had the most sacks and you're the individual with the most sacks. That has to be a good combination. I, I don't see how it can hurt any of the defensive players by adding someone else that by all rights should be double teamed. But you can't double team him and Aaron Donald and keep an eye on what Ramsey's doing and paying attention to Floyd. And I mean, they just they're going to be guys that you never even heard of their name. That's going to be getting two or three sacks just because that's the one guy that you couldn't pay attention to based on everybody else that's out there. So I can't yeah. wait to see this game. Be honest, yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. But it's. You just never know. It's a rivalry game. The 49ers can run the ball and keep them you know, off the field, maybe slow it up a little bit. So who knows how it's going to go. And that about wraps up the matchups for the week. I need the fantasy fiends out there to do me a personal favor. And right now, as I'm saying it, smash the follow button on whatever app you're using to listen to the podcast we have a ton of downloads and the followership is increasing on a weekly basis. i definitely appreciate that thank you so much for that guys if you haven't followed us yet go ahead and knock that out right now two taps on your on your cell phone and you're good to go Again, if you're looking for us, Fantasy Football Fiend on IG, Twitter at Fantasy underscore Fiend, and Facebook, Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. And we out.